0: Another round of applause. It's like that was so cool. To come up here and get to share that. Oh. Well, guys, I'm excited to talk with you all tonight. Uh, I am Jeffrey Barner. If you don't know me, uh, yeah, I'm from San Bernardino, California, for the most part. Uh, fun fact: I didn't convince LeBron James to go to Los Angeles, but Carly's second cousin did convince Kyrie Irving to leave the Cavaliers. That's, it's a true, it's true, talk to her about it, it's crazy, it's crazy. Um, Yeah, anyways, been here for seven years, when I decided I was going to do this job, crew actually sent me to, I was going to go to Toledo, they sent me down to Ohio University, and yeah, it's been great ever since. Uh, My greatest fear realized. (laughs) All right, here we go. Okay. John 10, 10. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. All right, I'm very much so a product of an unstable, like, childhood, or at least like family life. Uh, So, as like a means to survive or to get through that, at a young age, I would daydream about goals that I'd accomplish one day. And when I accomplished them, I was going to have the security, comfort, affirmation, accolades, and the respect that I really craved, deserved, felt I needed. And so from an early age, I'm like, man, if anything gets in the way of these goals, I'm just not going to do it. I operated a majority of my life this way. And so when I got to college, I'm like, oh, it's go time. I'm so close. I've been checking every single box up until this point. And so... uh, (laughs) I got there, when I was in middle school, I gave my life to the Lord. And so when I got to college, it was pretty easy for me to get plugged into a Bible study. Uh, and so I was attending that, doing my thing in school. But the more I took steps to grow in my faith, and the more I took steps to accomplish you know, my goals in college, I started to feel a tension in my life. It felt like the more I was trusting God with my life, the more I had to surrender the things I was holding on to. And eventually it got to the point where I'm like, man, I really do not trust God to give me the life that I want. I'm going to go all in with work. And so I, I, did, what, I did what anyone would do. i be like, all right, I'm done with college ministry. Uh, yeah, crew, they just invite me out to a bunch of different conferences and stuff. I think they're a cult. I'm out. You know, <laughs> uh, You know the reasonable thing to do. And so what started was three years of college, where I was actively running away from God, where God was actively trying to hunt me down and show me that he's trying to give me life and have it abundantly. Now, there was moments within that three years where uh, I would kind of like step back into faith. But when I do it, I'd be like grabbing the bull by the horns and trying to force like God's will for my life to be my will. From my life. So i would be like, "Man, God, I know this is really what you want from me. You really don't want me to give up this thing. You really don't want me to like, you know, surrender my life and read my Bible and, you know, be a part of Bible studies and stuff." Um So anyways, a whole bunch of stuff like that. Um Yeah, I didn't believe that God was good. I didn't I didn't trust in it. Uh guys, God is not here to steal and kill and destroy you. He's here that you would have life and that you'd have it abundantly. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I was talking to Chad earlier. This might not feel like a home run, but hopefully this is the base hit, maybe a double. <sighs> and so I want to talk about what it is to have life. And uh, as we go through it, uh, we're going to be focusing on water because water is often a metaphor for having life in the Bible. So um, during this time, if you could, please bust out your Bibles. If you don't have your Bible on you, bust out your phone Bible. You can follow along with me. While you do that, I want to let you guys know that the, the readers of the Bible, like originally, they're coming from an, an agrarian society, all right? They're farmers, so if they have a dry season, it's not looking good for their crops. It's not looking good for their animals. Uh, for a lot of farmers, they're like, man, I either I either like get water or it's doomsday for me. I either have water in my life or it's gonna be death. So keep that in mind, all right, while we go through all of this. All right. Now that we've all you know applied that to our thinking, I want you guys to open up to Genesis chapter two. I'll read it from my Bible here. And so Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 9. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to the water to water the garden. And there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first was the Pishon. Uh, It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Bdellium and onyx stone are there. And the name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria, and the fourth is the Euphrates. Okay, you might be wondering, what does that mean? All right, let's just dig into it. Let's point out some things going on here. All right, starting in verse 9, we see that God God made like the trees to spring up here, and the trees not only provided beauty, but they're were, they were filled with food, you know, plentiful. There's no hunger going on here in the Garden of Eden. But also, uh, if you look at verse, well, we see the tree of life. We're going to Yeah, you can't really see the colors. We're going to come back to the tree of life later. All right. In verse 10, we see that the river was so strong when it bursted out that it actually divided into four other rivers. All right? And out of the first river, there's actually gold coming out of it. And it says that the gold was good, pure. Bdellium and onyx stone. Bdellium is when there is an overabundance of trees that the trees, like, they give off this... Sap, this like gum-textured sap that is actually like sweet to the smell. So, not only are the trees like bringing beauty, not only is there like food in abundance, but it, the aroma actually smells, smells good. All right. So, anyways, yeah, we see we see the second river actually covers the whole entire land of Kush. So powerful, and then the other two rivers that divide and split up. Into um, so the Tigris and Euphrates, which you've probably heard of until now. So, you guys are from Ohio. Chances are you have seen a river. And what is true about rivers is that the land around it usually has grass. It usually has trees. It, it provides for the wildlife. There's actually wildlife in the water as well. All right. It's no surprise that societies have actually built themselves around bodies of water. Uh, we would then learn how to tame the water, get energy from it, use it to travel around. Water is such a source of life. And here we see in the garden kind of like this perfect image, this like beauty. Part of me when I read that makes me think, man, I just want to take a nap there. And, you know, taking the sights, sounds, smells. Uh, but we live in a post-Eden reality. There's a world full of brokenness all around us, all right? And I would love to talk about that for the next two hours, but I got 15 minutes, roughly. So anyways, here we see, uh, you know, a river in the book of Genesis. Now I want you guys to flip all the way to the last letter of the Bible. Go to Revelation. Go to the very last chapter, chapter 22, All right, so starting, oh yeah, there we go. All right, so starting verse one in chapter 22 of Revelation. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the name. The lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and the name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. Applause. (laughs) Yeah, that's something to praise. Night will be no more. All right? They will need no light of lamp or sun. The Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. So like before, let's look at this river a little bit more. We see that out of the throne of God shoots this river of life. And in verse 2, we're introduced to the tree of life again. It makes a comeback here at the end of times. And also when we sing the song Homecoming, this is pretty much the bridge part that we're singing about right here. All right. And so, but this time the tree of life is like bearing fruit. And what does that fruit do? It heals the nations. No longer will anything be accursed, it says in verse 3. Yep. And night will be no more. It's healing. What God's communicating with us here, we see in the garden where he's present, there's life, and life is there abundantly. We, see, we get this image of like a future to come where there's life and peace, a uh, healing of the nations. We see it all throughout the Bible. But God wants us to know that where he is, There is life. And so when a farmer's reading this back in the day, they're like, hmm, it seems like wherever God goes, water follows. Where God is, that's where I'm going to live. Without God, I'm going to die. Thankfully, we serve a God that is not a passive God. He actually pursues us. Uh, Can you guys please turn to John Chapter 7, we're going to be looking at verse 37 through 38. So this is Jesus speaking here. I like to say this is God speaking here. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. God wants this for you guys, uh, that peace, that healing. We talk about there not being any hunger in the garden. That's what He wants for you. It's sort of like that emptiness, and God is pursuing you guys and trying to hunt you down. You know, just to give you life, and so that you'd have it abundantly, can trust in Him in that. It says if anyone thirsts, that's pretty profound. The God of the universe coming down for all of us. Um, show of hands, anyone, if I say the name Baal, does, any, does it ring a bell for you guys? Say the name Baal. All right, handful. All right, Baal is a deity in the Old Testament that people would choose to serve rather than serving God or our God. And Baal was the God of fertility the God of reproduction and childbirth. He was also known as being the God of the rain and the storms. So you got you to gotta think for those early believers, you know, they're trusting God to provide for them. But when they feel like they're in a dry season or they don't, they're not trusting God, they're hedging their bets and they're going to serve something that is going to satisfy them, something that they can run to, a God of rain and a God of storms, you know, to nourish their lives. Uh, so, so it makes sense. But in all of our lives, there are like what are the bales that you guys live for? What are the idols in your lives you guys are living for? What are the gods in your lives that you're living for? Now, probably this whole entire talk you might have you might be thinking of one like at the top of your head. Uh might be pretty easy to come up with some things that you're hoping are gonna like fulfill you in the long run. Uh, man. If you're like man, I wonder what my idols are. A good place to start. What's the thing you think about the most? You know, when you're not doing anything, where does your mind drift off to? That's that's a, probably a good place to start. So, in 2017, I was sitting down with a fraternity student. He was graduating, and which is sharing the gospel with him at the bottom of Baker. And he knew the gospel. Oh, man, he knew it so well. He should have been sharing it with me, it felt like. And so as we were going through it, I'm like, dang, you seem to know this quite a bit. Do you go to church? Like, did you go to church when you were here in school? And he was saying, no, I, I didn't go to church. I'm like, okay, all right. Like, uh, were you a part of, like, any student, like, ministry? We got a handful of, handful of them here at OU. He's like, nah, man, I wasn't a part of any of that. I'm like, well, why not? He's like, well, I thought about it for a little bit. But after a little while, I just came to the conclusion that I didn't want to miss out. And I'm thinking, bro, you totally missed out. (laughs) You did more than just miss out, man. you, You were like the last out in, like, the World Series, you know, with, like, runners on third, all right? Like, that's how bad you missed out. Because I knew other seniors graduating, you know, with them in the next few days that had spent their time in college trying to show other students on campus the life that God wants to give them, the freedom that God wants to give them, the acceptance, the significance, the security, the affirmation, that God created them for and wanted to give them. Not only that, those students graduating, some of them even took the journey or the call that God gave them, and they took off to, like, Southeast Asia, in a place we called co- code-named Gateway. Uh, some took off to the country of Slovenia, not Slovakia. And they spent summers there, reaching the lost for Christ. Uh, yeah, and there were was, was students graduating that year, from OU that I met when I was a college student in California that were responsible for me running after the Lord as hard as I was doing. Bobcats. Crazy, right? Anyways. I don't want you guys to miss out. Not at all. Uh, I lead worship, and it's so fun to come along with you guys and just sing, sing to God, set our hearts and minds on his glory and his magnificence. And if you've ever wondered, like, why in the middle of worship you feel, like, closer, connected to God, when you're doing that, you kind of hit a factory reset. You're doing what you were made to do, uh, just glorifying God with everything in you. When you're most, you know, when you're most, like, satisfied in God's glory, that's when you're going to feel the best. Um, And so it's awesome. I'm glad I get to do it with you guys. But some of the words I sing are pretty heavy sometimes. I think about that's the power. Uh, like, uh, there's a hope that calls out courage and in the furnace, unafraid, uh, talking about battles and like victories and stuff. Sometimes I feel like I'm back in my thrash metal band I was in in high school, <laughs> called Creatures by Habit. You can look us up. Anyways, uh, really meaningful. So this is from Graves and the Gardens. We'll probably retire this one soon, so hold, hold on to it. Anyways, it's, uh, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Guys, like, my hope, my hope is that not only, like, you sing these words with us on Sundays or Thursdays, but as you're operating and going through the rest of, you know, your week, your lives, that this is the posture of your heart because there is nothing better than God. As we turn our gaze towards like Sunday, we have the opportunity to get to remember what God did for us on a cross. We We don't serve a passive God. God died on that cross so we would have life and we would have it abundantly. And God died on that cross so that you guys wouldn't miss out on the journey and plan that he has for you. Bow your heads with me. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather and worship and just join in fellowship with others around us. Lord, thank you so much for the ways that you've been working in all of our hearts, Lord. Thank you for the ways that you have lit the paths at our feet, Father. I pray for, yeah, I just pray for wisdom uh, and encouragement everyone in here when they think, what are those next steps I need to take to trust you more, God? Um, And Father, please just continue to give us hearts that value you over goals that we set for ourselves, Father. And Lord, please show up in our lives in some pretty loud ways to show us your goodness, Father. Thank you so much for everything you did. Uh, Thank you for dying on a cross, Lord. But Father, thank you for rising up from the grave. It's in your name we praise you. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of